0: Good morning. Today, uh, our gospel reading, as always, is so beautiful in how Jesus knows what we need. He knows what we need to hear even before we know it. And today he's talking to us and with us about forgiveness. Forgiveness that we need to receive and the forgiveness that we need to give but also how hard it is for us to keep that straight to truly give when it's needed and receive when it's needed instead of withholding Jesus said even if your brother or sister sins against you seven times in a day seven times they come back and say I repent You must forgive them. Now, what if I came over to your house and uh, just said the meanest thing to you? And then I came back and I said, oh, I'm really sorry about that. Would you forgive me? I hope so. But what about the sixth time? The same day. The seventh time, the same day, and I come back. And what are you thinking in your heart? What are you thinking in your mind? Is he serious? He keeps coming back for good and for bad. I don't know. This is a hard saying. We struggle with this, don't we? What did, do you remember what the apostles responded with when Jesus said, if your brother or sister does this seven times and they come back seven times, you have to forgive them? What did they say? Increase our faith. Because this is hard. But then Jesus says, no. That's not where it's at. It's not the amount of faith that we have that allows us to offer forgiveness. Sure, we want more trust in God all the time. But he says what? He says, no, it's not your faith. If you have any faith, that, if, if your faith is as small as a mustard seed, if you have any faith... You can say to this tree, be uprooted, be planted in the sea, and it must obey you. So it's not our faith. It's the one that our faith is in. That's the key. He has the power to forgive. He has the blessings to share. If it was up to me, If it was up to my willpower or my level of faith, I might be like this. And then you may not get a, a Christmas present next year because I might be mad at you then. We've got to have this based on his unchangeable mercy and love. And so it's not the amount of faith, it's who it's in. I believe there's a reason that Jesus said if you have any faith at all as little as a mustard seed you can say to that tree I believe there's a reason He, I believe he was pointing at a tree because it says it right in the text itself <laughs> that's the first clue and, so, and in the text it says it's a sycamine tree now that's a tree I don't think probably very many of us are familiar with But it's a very common tree in Israel All across Israel It's like a weed It's so amazing Um, It's got some unique characteristics Number one The root system It grows deeper and, And more of it Than any other tree In the entire region of the world You can't kill it You can chop it down and it will grow back. It's, it's like a weed. Anybody else have weeds like that in there? Yeah. We're always thankful for winter, aren't we? Yes, we get a, a new shot. Number two, the fruit that it produces. The sycamine fruit, it's awful. It just has a very small fruit about the, the size of a fig. And you can bite into it just the tiniest bit because it's so bitter it makes you gag. It might be compared to, uh, do you ever eat that, uh, that green stuff with sushi? What's that stuff called? Wasabi. Uh, nothing's up right now. What's wasabi with you? Oh boy, that goes way back. So, wasabi, it's like, can you eat very much of it before you're like, ah, I can't do this? Well, this stuff's so bitter. Uh uh-uh. uh. And number three, The wood. The wood, as the tree matures and develops, it's so durable that the number one wood back in Jesus' day that they would choose always to make a certain item with is the sycamine tree. And you know what the item is? A coffin. Because they knew this wood is going to last. In fact, we have pulled coffins made out of sycamine, out of tombs, from thousands of years ago and the wood is still in pretty good shape thousands of years later so this is quite a tree but Jesus is not giving us a lesson on trees he's teaching about forgiveness but specifically he's teaching about our struggle with unforgiveness it says in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15 See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God so that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. And because of it, many are defiled. He's using this as an illustration, as a comparative. When we get this root of bitterness in us, the roots begin to grow deep very quickly. And they're hard to get rid of. When I, when I start to get angry with somebody, if, if they've hurt somebody that I love or hurt me, I go to a dark place, and this root of bitterness starts to develop. And then I start to produce this wickedly bitter fruit in my life. And then if I let it keep growing like that, then my heart grows so hard, I become hardened inside. Jesus was showing us this is what happens when this spirit of unforgiveness enters you. Who here has struggled to forgive someone? I faked you out. I never have. we all have haven't we I mean every single one of us this is something we struggle with our whole life long it's a horrible place to be and yet what do we do with it somebody hurts us somebody hurts a loved one and what do we do we start to think about that person so differently we start to look at them with a new set of eyes you're a terrible horrible person We even start to think of ways we can get even. Be honest. You've been there, haven't you? We try to justify these thoughts and these feelings within us. But the Holy Spirit says, no, you know that's not right. But what do we do about it? We can't seem to get away from it. Well, Jesus has the answer for us, as always. He says in our text, speak to that tree tell it to be uprooted and planted in the sea and it must obey you why did he say speak to that tree we know why that tree but why speak to that tree you may want to follow along in your Bible if you brought it on your phone or otherwise uh, we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 1 uh, several verses there Genesis 1 and there we see something that I didn't notice all that long ago this was a wow moment for me when I saw this I hope it is for you too in Genesis 1 we see our awesome creator doing exactly what Jesus is telling us to do When God was creating the universe by the power of His Word, take a look at verse 11. You see it there? We see there that He spoke to the earth and He said, Let the earth sprout vegetation and plants and trees. And it was so. He's speaking to the earth. Now skip up to verse 20. God spoke to the waters there. He said, Let the waters teem with living creatures. And they came to be. Now skip over to verse 24. Again, God is speaking to the land, the earth. And he says, Let the earth bring forth all these different living animals. And by the power of his word, They came to life. So, let the earth, let the waters, let the land bring forth, and they all did. But, when God was going to make someone like you, a human, Adam, he didn't speak to the water or the air, he only spoke to himself. Take a look at verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion now there's something here of great value for us to notice and to apply in our lives when trees are connected to the earth when fish are connected to the waters they thrive that is their environment but as soon as we take the tree away from the earth when we separate them death follows when we take a fish out of water they perish because that is their environment what's your environment what's mine who did God speak to only himself when he made man your environment and mine is God We need, we need to be connected to him. He's our life. He's our abundance. He's our everything. Uh, Jesus explains this well in the Gospel of John, the 15th chapter, when he says, you are the branches. And apart from me, you can do no good thing. In fact, apart from me, the only thing you've got is eternal death to look forward to. We've got to be connected. So, unfortunately, even though we are connected by faith, no matter what amount, we still don't always do God's will, do we? We still struggle in many ways, in many areas of life and faith. The nation of Israel, they had been in slavery for over 400 years to Egypt and after a series of miracles, God had them released. They were made wealthy beyond their wildest dreams. All the Egyptians said, please take my gold and, and, and leave. Take my jewels and get out of my country. I, I can't take this anymore because of all the 10 plagues. And so off they went. So they're on their way to the promised land. And on the way, they ran out of water and food, by the way. And uh, they, all they were doing was complaining They just didn't trust God To give them what they needed And so they started to curse God And curse Moses And they said why did you bring us out of here We had it so good When we were slaves in Egypt Wow But they didn't But they weren't trusting God And so Moses said Lord What am I going to do about this And he says here's what you do You go you take your staff And you go to the rock that I'm going to direct you to and you speak to that rock and when you speak to that rock water is going to flow forth so much that it's going to be more than enough for all the people and all the animals okay? okay so he goes and I don't know why I have some guesses but I don't know why Moses decided to do it a completely different way his own way Micah had a devotion for us a couple of weeks ago. You know how the staff, they write these wonderful devotions every day of the week. Thank you very much. And he, he mentioned this in his, when he was covering Exodus chapter 20, about speaking to the rock. What did Moses do and said? He took his staff, yes, and he struck the rock. He struck it again. The water did come, God was still faithful. Even though Moses did it his own way. But we're the same. We do things in our own way. Oh, all too often. So, how do we do that? We do in our own way. Using our staff because what is a staff? It symbolizes authority. So we lean on our own authority. And we say, God, you know, eh, you know I, I kind of know what you want me to do, but I think I've got a better idea. And we don't speak as we are called to speak. God has called you to be his spokesman. He's called me. Every day. Every day. And we don't know what he's going to call us to say. Yesterday I, I was in the grocery store getting some, just a couple of items and uh, somehow I started up a conversation with a lady and uh, she was visiting from Iowa. And so we were having a little conversation as we walked, doing some shopping and uh, she told me that she was out visiting her daughter because she'd lost her brother in February and now she'd lost her sister to death last week. And so she just had to be with family. She was so upset. So I had a chance to to share right there in the grocery store the love of God. The love of Jesus. That death is not the end. And she received that word. I didn't know I was going to meet that lady that day. But there it was. God has called you to be his Spokesperson. Where does forgiveness come from? Does it come from you and me? Or do we get to just share it? God gives it so freely to you and me, doesn't he? And it's a beautiful thing. We are so grateful that we get to have it and share it. But sometimes we don't. Sometimes we go our own way and we just grip tightly onto those sins of our own selves or of others. If you do me wrong get you back. Not really. We're called to speak His word. Speak to that tree in us and have it cast into the sea and it must obey. But what we do instead is we demand more. Instead of speaking God's word of promise, speaking God's word of law and gospel, instead we go a different way and we say, "Um, I have the reins here now and I'm going to direct you which way you're going to go and we hold those sins over people's heads and we even do it to ourselves it's not good, it never works how many people here use credit cards? okay okay the pastors asked me to say use them in the service today for something. No. <laughs> you pay your bills for your credit cards, right? Otherwise, somebody cuts them up. Or... so when you pay your bill, what if the credit card company came at you a second time for the same stuff, the same bill? Said so you got to pay it a second time. What would you tell them? Are you kidding? Are you crazy? I already paid it. How many sins did Jesus already die and pay for? How many? All? Right? All. There's not one he didn't pay for. Past, present, future. His sacrifice covered all sins. Now, If I come up to you and say, here's how it's gonna go. You hurt my feelings. You sinned against me, so this is the way it's gonna be for now on. Instead of, I forgive you. What have I just become? I've just tried to become God to that person. My way. God says, no. Speak the law and the gospel to hold on to someone's sin as doing the wrong thing. Now, New Year's is just a few days away. Before we start laying out our New Year's resolutions, let's make sure that we've got everything covered for this year first, all right? Jesus is teaching us that when we hold a grudge, when we withhold forgiveness, we're not teaching them a lesson. We're just adding to the problem. We're making things worse. We're actually causing someone to even stumble," Jesus said in our text. "Stumble in their faith." We're creating something horrible for ourselves. At the same time, we're creating a millstone. You know what a millstone is, by the way. It is a. Uh, it can be um, back then. They used them to grind their grains in their homes. The the little version, but then they had the big industrial version, where you know the professionals, the farmers would come to the mill and they would grind it right there, and then they would sell the flour to the customers. And these were giant carved pieces of a wheel of stone, and they would go around and around. You've probably seen them on the biblical movies, you know, the, the horses, the burros, the donkeys pulling, and they would just make it go around and around and crush the wheat until it's just usable. And so I want you to imagine, because the Greek word for millstone here. In Luke 17, it's the big one. Not the little one around the house. It's the big one. And it says, you're creating your own millstone to be hung around your neck and thrown into the sea. This is a huge warning. Jesus is not messing around here. When we focus on ourselves and how we've been wronged and how that person has sinned against us, and what they must now do and what must be done to make it right. We are cultivating the tree of unforgiveness inside of us and we are eating its bitter fruit. We need to look somewhere else. Not here. We need to look at another tree. I'm talking about the cross of Jesus Christ. That's where you're going to find the sweetest fruit of all. God's love, his sacrificial love that provides forgiveness for you. The sweet fruit of the Spirit. So much forgiveness and so much working of the Holy Spirit that you've got plenty to share. There's more than enough. And you don't have to fret about that millstone around your neck either. If you've been hanging on to those grudges and hanging on to those sins in your own self or in others that that they've done to you or a loved one, I'm asking you to look to another stone also. You remember how when they buried Jesus, what was rolled in front of the tomb? A big round stone. Looks just like a millstone. That stone has been rolled away. Just like your millstone is gone. In Jesus, you are free. He has defeated death. He has paid for all sin And he has set us free. Amen. Now, here's the problem. We've still got one more thing to deal with. We struggle to forgive sometimes. And then we finally get there. Yes, I forgive them. I forgive myself. But what often happens? We start thinking about it again, it's brought back to our minds and our spirits. And we start thinking negatively about that person again Or about ourselves Have you ever seen a, a movie where uh, someone's on the run And they Let loose the hounds You know the, they send the, the bloodhounds after the person to find them They're really good at it I guess Anybody ever experienced that? Being chased by a bloodhound? I haven't either Don't want to But you, you see it in the movies And uh, my son and I were watching. He saw uh, Cool Hand Luke for the first time. That's part of that movie. You know, they're looking for uh, Paul Newman's character. So, how does a person on the run from the bloodhound? How do they usually get away? What do they do? Say it again. Yes. Boom. Nice. Yeah. They get in the water. They jump in a river or a stream. And off they go. And they stay in the water for a good long time. Why? So the bloodhounds will lose their their scent. Lose the trail, lose their scent. And off they go, and they're safe. Well, you've got someone else. It's not God reminding you of of your own sins. It's not God reminding you of the sins of others. He's forgiven those sins. He would not be doing that. Who's doing it? It's that demon, that dog from hell that we call Satan. He's the one bringing it back to your minds and your memories and saying, yeah, remember they did that to you? You can't trust them. You don't want to be... That's what he does. So how do we deal with it? How do we get him off of our scent, off of our trail? Same way. Get in the water. Remember the waters of your holy baptism where you were touched by the Spirit of God, where where you were immersed in His love, where you are reminded that you are a forgiven, fully forgiven child of God, we've got to go to the water too to escape that liar that we call Satan. Would you bow your head with me as we close this message? I I, I want us to all do one more thing. Would you just lay your sins at Jesus feet he's the only one who can make this right who can make everything right hear him speaking to you now you're forgiven I paid the price in full and those sins that you've been holding on to those sins that hurt your heart it's time It's time to lay them at the foot of my cross and let me deal with them. End this year free, released, clean, forgiven, and start fresh in me. Be rid of the tree of unforgiveness. Speak to it now, and it will be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it must obey you. And you can believe these words because you are connected to me. And I'm not going to let you go. I love you. I have all power and all love and perfect peace for you. Receive it now. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.